I had no like sort of way of approaching that. I just I just went off on one at some point, and I was like, "What's the question again?" So <laughs> This is No More Water Cooler, a podcast from Leapers. Each week, we aim to have an honest, open and frank conversation with a freelancer about their work and their mental health to understand the reality of modern work. We're not going to be hearing stories about bootstrapping to billion dollar valuations. We won't be talking about how we're crushing it. We certainly won't be pretending that everything is okay all of the time. I'm Matthew Knight founder of Leapers, a community which supports the mental health of freelancers and anyone who works differently. And each week, we'll be chatting with one of our members to ask the simple question, how are you? And exploring their answer. This week, we're with Liam O'Neill, a freelance design director living and working in London. We spoke to Liam about living with bipolar disorder, why being open about your mental health is important, and about being called a smartass. But our first question, as it is every week, was Liam. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I've um, uh, been for a run this morning, so that's good. A little bit of work to do today, and then I'm off to a wedding this evening. So yeah, all good. Very nice. What's your normal response to that question in the workplace when you're not feeling at your best? I don't know. Probably, yeah, okay. Being a freelancer, it, it's difficult because you know you're you've been brought in. You've been brought in to produce, um, to produce results and uh, to fulfill a project so you don't really have that sort of um culture or you know you don't really have you know that closeness with like your work colleagues and it's very sort of clinical uh sometimes so you you just have to be professional and you get in and you know very transactional sometimes with those questions so so yeah often more than often it, it's like yeah yeah good thank you how are you You've been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Can you explain what that means and how it's practically manifested in in your situation? Well, first of all, um, I didn't know I had bipolar until I was 24. Uh, In 2011, I was working quite a lot. I was going out quite a lot, partying quite hard and, you know, uh, living the London life. I had a lot of my own contracts, working weekends and really getting engrossed in my work. And that was like a drug for me in itself my some of my relationships I was with my girlfriend at the time that started to impact and that started to deteriorate and I ended up in a bit of a state and it resulted in me moving going back to my parents house in Northamptonshire and they spotted something that was was wrong with me it was very hyper very elated and I ended up getting sectioned having never always been together always been like healthy always been like you know never having any sort of depression no symptoms it just came out totally out of the blue so that happened, um, and I was in like dumbstruck about it. I was like, "What? What's going on here?" So uh, that was a very, very scary, crazy, surreal time for me. Um, being in hospital, I had a lot of friends that came and visited me. My family were very good to me, very supportive. But but after that, they were like, "Right, okay." The doctor's like, "Well, you've got bipolar disorder." And I'm like, "Right, okay." So I've got this now, have I? This is something I've got for life, is it? So. It was a bit of a bit strange um, in that sense. By being bipolar, I guess, is it can mean anything. You you go in waves, and those waves can go over years, or they can go over months, or they can even go like your energy can be great in the morning, in the day, and then you crash. Like I think that's quite normal for most people. Um, and the amount of energy you spend with people, with work and stuff, you know, and and then and then 
than it goes. So like some days you could like just going to work and getting through the day is an achievement. And especially with social media and all these things, and you see like the other people and your peers doing these amazing things and it, it can kind of make you think, Oh, I've just gone to work today and just, you know, that's it. And, but sometimes being like with a mental health um, issue that is amazing in itself because there's some days where you just don't want to do anything like like if you're going going through a low spell you just want to wake up and you don't want to exist um which is you know that that's quite normal for people with bipolar but just getting up and going to work is is a big achievement for me i'll like peter out and i'll get back to the sort of normal level like four or five six on the mood thermometer if you like and i'll i'll stay there for a good good five six months or maybe a year and that like, everything would be good and then I'll start to pick up again and you know I'll be more related and more receptive to things and that will last slowly for for another five six months say and then you know it starts to peak and that's when I start to get elated and you know that's when I I, I know the symptoms and I've, I've I've found coping mechanisms whether that's turning things off and not working like distracting myself like watching a film or you know even like exercise is a key one for me and stopping myself from going over the edge and going into hypermanic phase for me so that would be going to see the doctor getting medication like zopiclone that helps me sleep um which i like sort of self-medicate with so like a doctor in the past, in like 2015, 14 era, used to um, just give me a subscription for a prescription for, uh, I don't know, 12, 12, 12 tablets. And I would, I would take them over the course of four months just because I know that if I took this tablet, it would like sort of reset me and like knock me out and I would like wake up the next day with like a good 10 hours sleep. And it would sort of like reset my clock for me a little bit. I know that sounds really weird. Um, <laughs> but but it would and turn it off and on again. Yeah, yeah, kind of like it's just like it's like taking this drug and it totally wipes you out. And I know the doctors are really sort of um, they really don't want to give you those drugs, like especially zocaclone because it is such a powerful drug. Um, but for me, I was like the doctor had a very good understanding, and this is when I lived and worked in Sheffield, and he he knew he could see how often he was giving me these drugs, so. He's like, well, you're not you're not using them every night. You're using like 14 or 12 or whatever over a period of months, so or six months. So I'm I've got no issues giving these to you. Um, but, but I guess in London, what happened was for me is that I started to in that bipolar sense, I started to peak a little bit, and I was like picked up some really good jobs, um, some really good work, like uh, which was really. Um, really interesting for me really sort of engaging and that that also drove me as well and you know um I started to get high again if if you if you like and I I went to the doctor and like I wasn't sleeping well I'd like go to sleep and I'd wake up at like four in the morning and I'd just you know go downstairs go into my studio and start working um and that that was like you know that is a sense of addiction in a way <laughs> and you're when you're working all hours of the day and like the thing is you're producing really good work and you go in and you present this work to the CEO of this company and he's loving it he's you know he's really buzzing off it and that just that fuels that fire so I was like going to were you freelancing at the time yeah yeah so I was working independently then um right and I was working client side with a a fintech company and you know they're they're really interesting people and really interesting product what they were doing but um 
it was it was basically me and that they they found me from working not working and they had already approached two very well-known agencies in london um who had let them down uh creatively so i was like when they came to me i was like well what do you want me to do and like, we want to <laughs> work on site um and work with us and be part of the team so i was like right okay this sounds interesting and it started going really well and and then yeah i, I mean it'd been going on for about my elation had been steadily picking up for about four months before that but um it sort of hit a peak and and i went actually went to the doctor and i tried to get zopiclone and they wouldn't give it to me they tried to give me something else um and i was like right okay i know you don't want to give me this but like i tried to explain that you know i know what's right for me and i've I've medicated myself for like five or six years and i haven't had a problem um and then yeah it hit a peak um and they wouldn't give it to me and i I sort of i had another episode if you like but this time i didn't get sectioned thank thankfully for like two very good mates of mine and and my my girlfriend at the time, who was it was it was pretty amazing. Have you found situations where you've had to communicate about um, bipolar um, to clients, or is it just something that never really kind of you feel needs to be brought up in conversation? Yeah, I guess I probably have had that situation once. Uh, I was going through a contract last summer, so last summer I had a bit of a an episode again, and I sort of hit, a, hit went over the edge a little bit because of work working too much um sleep was deteriorating and you know like i said i tried to get medication and the doctor gave me something else which didn't really work i'd take one take two and go to sleep for two hours and i'd wake up again and i'd be like um wake up like a bolt of lightning i'd be like right what we're we doing now this sort of thing so um but during that project i you know basically uh went to went to sheffield to see some friends and you know uh uh, went out a few times and uh, I went over the edge again and like it's very it's a very steep curve when you're bipolar and you go and, and you're sort of in a manic state it's very close to sort of like there's sort of triggers and certain things that can happen and you know you, you're, you're over the edge very quickly and it ended up me my friend in Sheffield ended up like taking me to hospital um I didn't get sectioned and they're like right okay just because I knew what what was going on I had that insight and I knew the the situation i knew what to say and i knew what how to act in front of doctors and stuff and all this sort of stuff and my friends like actually no he's even he's not in a good way and they're like well he's shown no signs of like you know us doing anything so we can't <laughs> so, but, so i was sort of like pulling the wool over their eyes a little bit um but then um ended up going back to london uh and i didn't go into didn't go into work the following week and the, the client was like ringing me up said what the fuck's going on sort of thing I was like you know and at this point I had like properly like manic like my friends were like taking it in turns to sort of try and contain me in my own house um and I was just having the best time like you know when you're when you're that high there's no there's no drug in the world that can match that like you are dying is there a concern that if you were to say, oh, actually, I'm going through this or I'm struggling with that, that it actually would negatively impact your contract in some way? I think so, yes. Um, I think, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and back in 2000, and, I think it was 12, 2013, after uh, an episode and like a, a state of depression, like applying for jobs and getting back out there, um, I did. I lied on applications. They said, "Oh, have you had any like health issues or anything like that?" And I was like, "No, 
like because I knew it would impact or maybe I maybe it wouldn't I just presumed it would so it's uh yeah I, I I definitely think it's you know why take that risk it's interesting isn't it because regardless of whether it would have affected or not there's still that anxiety around sharing it exactly yeah I mean I think especially now I used to be quite sort of private about it like uh, a couple of years ago and you know almost disappointed embarrassed about it but now I'm like you know fuck it like it's it's part of me it's part of who I am I understand it and I put something out on my Instagram uh, like a little illustration about like it was um, and it got like a lot of feedback from people and like people messaged me and stuff like people peers in the industry like fellow designers and I said oh, I didn't know this about you well done for like opening up about it um, so I guess like you know, going forward, if um, there's someone wants to employ me on a contract basis, they, you know, if they look at my Instagram, they'll see quite quickly that, you know, I have had mental health problems. So I guess I'm not too fussed about that anymore. And I think, you know, in this day and age, it's everyone has mental health issues. So it's it's okay. The more I've opened up recently over the last, uh, say, six to 12 months, um, more people have reached out to me. And when I put that post up on Instagram two weeks ago, maybe, um, I had, like I said, I had people messaging me and DMing me about, you know, their experiences, and I've had friends come up to me and say, "Oh, I'm worried about my mental health. I need to talk to you about it." And that's really good. It was a little bit of a, a risk taking, like, putting that stuff out there on social media, but from it's paid off because you know I've had people who I have worked with in like permanent jobs for years, and they said, "I never knew this about you. Like, well done for sharing." let's be honest who has their shit together all the time no one does so it's definitely definitely a good thing to to share this sort of stuff has it been harder or easier working as a freelancer do you think i think it's been harder um i would say just because you don't have uh you know the the security or 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 the familiarity with being in a permanent position there are benefits to it if you're not liking something you or something's not going well you can you know terminate the contract and if you're working with a team that aren't aren't very good or, or aren't very good with you then you can sort of move on quite quickly which is quite a good thing but i say it's definitely harder generally it's basically you start a new job again you've got to meet new people there's new ways of working find out where things are you know how, how how do I wash my hands stuff like that really basic things and you know interacting with people in the kitchen you know like who are you and uh, you know got to introduce yourself all again so there's there's all of that but um also like you, you can go in somewhere and I I had a experience recently I went into a new contract and um sat down with the creative director and she she took me through everything that was 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 going on with the project and like tried to bring me up to speed quite quickly I got added to their Slack channel. Um, uh the following week um and i don't think they realize on slack you can see the the previous things written yeah <laughs> and it was quite funny <laughs> but it was also quite like oh really so what what happened i went after like just to sort of like catch up and see if there's any any anything of relevance that i needed to know and this was an hour after meeting me literally not even an hour um she said um Liam, the freelancer in brackets, seems smart and like he knows what he's talking about and what we are doing, but also sounds like a bit of a smart ass to the rest of the team. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, how unprofessional is that? Like, I've come into this project trying to, trying to, you know, be positive, 
sound like I know what I'm talking about, <laughs> you know, get on board, you know, be professional. And, and apparently that's come across as being a smart ass. So I was like, so for the rest of that, that project, which lasted like four weeks, five weeks, I was just like, you know, do, do these people just think I'm a dick? So, <laughs> so I was like going through it and I was like, right, fine. But it's just things like that. And it's like, you know, it, do I always come across like that to people? And you can tell you. I, you, you know what, Liam? I mean, it's it's rare to get any kind of feedback as a freelancer, I find. So I think, you know, at least you're getting something there. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least, at least I'm like, he sounds really stupid and why have we hired him? <laughs> at least it wasn't that but yeah i like just you know and i shared it with a few few designer friends and they're like that's ridiculous that's like you know so unprofessional but i guess it happens doesn't it so and what do you think that um the main thing that clients could do to improve how they support our mental well-being uh, because often it's out of sight out of mind um and we are only around for a couple of weeks at, at best so if they don't see changes in our behaviors they might not necessarily know that something's different but there's no shortage of things which clients do that add to our list of stressors whether it be you know paying 180 day payment terms or um posting that you're a smart ass on slack you know whatever it might be i mean is there anything which you've experienced that would be uh, that is relatively common from clients that actually if they just fix that one thing it would make the freelance experience easier for you I just think generally, like some of the best places I've worked in, in freelancing, they they just make you feel welcome and one of the teams straight away. Like you go in, you know, you've got your own email, you're added to the Slack, you 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 know, everything set up for you to go. Um, there's no like, oh, you know, you don't have to pest anyone to like get things done or you know, get things installed on your Mac if you're working on a Mac on site. Um, you're just seen as one of the team you'll be invited out on like team lunches or you know the creative director will say oh do you want to come for lunch or we're going here and they'll want to get to know you they express an interest in you and that's that's good for them because you know they want to get the best out of you and you know fair enough you you could turn up and get paid a day rate but you you could also not really put everything into it um and again it goes down to those very like small margins like those one percent in this environment where the small things make a big difference so it makes you invested in in the company and in what they're doing and you you really want to deliver you don't want to let that person down so it's it's a huge benefit for for freelancers when they get that that treatment and they're not sort of treated as externals so to speak i sh- i assume the flip side is true as well if you've been in an organization and they've treated you badly not made you feel welcome then you're not going to be returning there exactly yeah and and a lot of like uh bigger agencies that are you know uh not at the top of their game but you know they sort of turn out the work they just they think they're doing you a favor by employing you um sometimes and some but then you know if you flip that on its head it's actually well hold on we'll, i've come in at the last minute to help you out to fix this problem that you've got like uh, you're, I'm doing you a favor of anything because you know you you need this problem solved and you've got a deadline and you've got clients to impress. So, so if I didn't come in, or I'm sure someone else would come in, but you know if you burn all your bridges with your 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 contractors, then you you you're not doing yourselves any favors. What words of advice would you give to people who are considering freelancing or are already freelancing in terms of 
making sure they do have that um, support network around them? Um, well, just just by speaking to friends, like if, if you're lucky enough to have really close friends, that's that's a good thing. Just like checking in with them on like WhatsApp or something like that's a good thing to do. Or or having other people that you work with or, or understand what it's like to be a creative or a freelancer is a good thing. Or just just somewhere to vent really so like you know all these slack groups that are kicking about um like black book for example just chatting to people on there or you know sharing something that's not gone well in your day that could could have a a negative effect on your health if you didn't talk about it just 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 small things like that are a fantastic um coping mechanism A big thank you to Liam for being open and sharing his wisdom and experience. Every week, we'll be talking to a member of the Leapers community about their experience of modern work and mental health. If you'd like to be part of a support network for people who work differently or feel like you benefit from conversation and connection with others in similar situations or just fancy a chat with other freelancers, the Leapers community is open to you. No matter if you've been self-employed for decades or only just starting to think about changing how you work, if you're happy to talk openly about your mental health and honestly about how working for yourself isn't always easy, we'd like to hear from you. If you've any comments about this week's conversation, are looking for resources on mental health for the self-employed or would just like to be part of an open and free community for modern workers, join us at www.leapers.co or search for Leapers Community. This week's podcast was brought to you by three very large cups of coffee. I'm Matthew Knight, and until next time, work well. Mm-hmm.